0: Welcome to the Backports Podcast. I'm your host Jason. Coach Danny. Yes, <laughs> we got a good show for you today. Uh, first, uh, NBA trade deadline. What did the Bucks do? A little bit one of the one talk, and we have an interesting trading card scenario. But first, Danny, into the trade deadline for the NBA, where actually the Milwaukee Bucks they did make a move. Uh, not necessarily the big move that we were. Seeking, but a move nonetheless, uh, and where they have uh, acquired Pat Beverly from the Philadelphia 76ers for Cameron Payne and a second round pick in 2027. Danny, this pick is not, again, the one that we wanted, uh, but it could be one that we somewhat needed. Uh, we needed an, an uh, a pesky defender on the perimeter. Uh, I think we got that in Pat Bev. Uh hopefully his 35-year-old legs can hold up. Uh his 6'2 frame is slight, but nonetheless, I think uh anytime you can get a all-pro defender uh over the course of his career, um, that doesn't necessarily go away from you. Interesting move by the Bucks. Uh, I think this is definitely a Doc Rivers move. Uh, Obviously, Pat Bev has played with Doc in L.A. and in Philly. Uh, I think it has improved us a little bit. Uh, Not much, Um, but we'll see. What say you about this trade, Dan?
1: Yeah, Jay, that was what I texted as well. I was like, this one had Doc Rivers' hands and – Input written all over this trade. Yeah, you just didn't know what they're gonna do because with all the shakeup with Doc coming in and what uh the plan was, and it sounded like they were trying to do some moves. There are a lot of rumors around Bobby Portis. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would have been a mistake, honestly, just because um his toughness and his all around game. Because if something goes down, something happens to Giannis. Bobby Portis is not Giannis, but he can at least fill in and, you know, be a suitable backup uh, to hold them over in case something like that happens. So glad they didn't move Bobby. Pat Bev is someone who can, he's a veteran leader, very vocal. I'm not sure how that will play in this locker room. Pat Bev's a veteran, you know, he knows how to win. And we'll see what it can do for the Bucs. He's not an offensive threat at all. So that could open some things up on the offensive end where they don't have to share the ball that way. But he's more of a bench player at this point, I would say, than anything mm-hmm. on this team. I see it may be something that they're looking to shake the locker room up a little bit and get some juice in there. So it could be something that way internally that they're trying to do to get the team going.
0: Uh, and I read an article in where uh, Dak Rivers challenged the Bucks defensively um, and really challenged Brook Lopez uh, who's been out for the past few games here for personal reasons, but um, it challenged them in terms of talking more on the court.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and I I guess at this juncture with the Bucks, y'all didn't do that in your championship run? You didn't do that last year? You didn't do that earlier this year? So I guess to me, it's kind of like, in my opinion, there has to be some solid foundational defensive principles mm-hmm. and for the bucks for this article to come out and where doc is challenging them to me speaks volumes just to how bad they were um from a foundation standpoint but more importantly man just from a golly man this is basic basketball Yes, basic communication. Basic communication. Me did that back in the day, man. I mean, (laughs) I just I I don't get it. I don't get it. So we'll see. Um, But I will say, even though they're one and four under Doc, they have been playing better defensively. Mm -hmm. Um, Their their scoring defense is is better, and. I can see them improving, um, but I don't know if it's going to be enough time for them to really pull this together. And the reason why I say that, Danny, because also in today, in today's NBA deadline, I mean, you have the likes of the New York Knicks making big trade uh, here for Boyan Bogdanovich out of uh, Detroit. Uh, and so right now, the Knicks actually get Boyan McDonavich as well as Alan Burke uh, in exchange for Quentin Grimes, uh, Malachi Flynn, and Evan uh, Fournier. And Ryan, I can't pronounce the last name, uh, but in two future second-round picks, and they're going to Detroit. And so the Knicks have gotten even better offensively. And they already have a defensive presence. And so now you have Boyan, who's a three-point threat. He can I mean knock it down from anywhere. And it's just going to be really interesting to see how the rest of the season the Knicks really kind of pull this together. But I'm liking what the Knicks did here, man. They are going to be a hard out
1: mm-hmm. in the
0: playoffs. What say you, Danny, about what the Knicks did here?
1: It's depth, Jason. It's quality depth. They added. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a score, two scores actually. If you think of Burke mm-hmm. as well, because he can shoot it um, pretty well. But it's it's just depth, in, and I'm curious how Thibodeau runs this uh, rotation. Mm-hmm. But if you if you notice, the Knicks have been doing these quiet, <laughs> doing these trades and improving the roster mm-hmm. over the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's no, under everyone's nose. It's one of those things where when they get to the playoffs, they have multiple players that can do it. Mm-hmm. So if someone's off, like Brunson's off or uh OG's off or whatever the case may be, they have a number of play DiVincenzo's been playing out of his mind right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have a number of players that can step up and have experience uh in the playoffs. Not a lot, but they have, you know, they've been there. So they're gonna be one of those teams. We'll have to watch them and see how they mesh after this trade and how Thibodeau runs the rotation and how he plays the bench. But that's great. That's a great uh, piece to add to the team that can start or come off the bench for him.
0: And they need that quality debt because as we all know, uh, Tiz can really run players to the ground, especially in the uh, regular season, man. And the, the playoffs, they just be no good. So, this is a great pickup for the Knicks. And I'm going to say this, Danny, I can see even in the offseason, the Knicks are, very, are a very attractive team. And whoever's a big free agent, they're going to actually start looking at the Knicks to really, you know, potentially come on board. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, man, but I'm impressed with what the Knicks did. And I'm also impressed with what the 76ers have done here. The 76ers actually get gets buddy healed, man. And this is <laughs> this is another big move by the Sixers. And uh, the 76ers uh, actually are getting buddy healed uh, from the Indiana Pacers for Marcus Morris, Perkin Quirkmas, and three second round picks, man. And this was I think a trade that the Sixers needed. Uh, once they get Embiid back, uh this is just this gonna be a really good fit for the 76ers. Uh they're gonna be a man, they're gonna be a tough out as well. And I would just say the East Coast teams really put it down uh for uh this trade deadline. The next 76ers, and the Celtics for that matter, they didn't make a a lot of noise, if you will, some silent noises here, but Nonetheless, they're going to go deep into the playoffs. So, man, the bucks I would say the Cavs, yes, they can be competitive, but mm-hmm. what the Sixers and the Knicks did at this trade that I think is going to put them over the top, I hate to say it, but uh, until we see the full picture, full unit of the Bucs and their new defensive scheme, and they need to get this offense together, too. Oh, you know, by the way, Melton with a sprained ankle, he'll probably be out here for a few games. Yeah. And we'll see. What we'll say you, Danny, about
1: what the Sixers have done? It was a great pickup. I was hoping the Lakers would get because the Lakers have always been rumored to get Buddy Heel because mm-hmm. he can play off the ball and he can find a spot and he can shoot. And in this league, if you get someone like that that can knock it down, that's huge. And so now Embiid and Maxi get another piece that can play off of them. So if they're getting double teamed or whatever case, kick it out to Buddy. I was surprised Indiana actually traded them, but uh, especially for what they got in return, I thought they would have got a little bit more, but I think it's uh, a great move by Philadelphia to, you know, especially with Embiid being out, they need another scorer anyway. But when Embiid returns, that can – That could be a a pivotal move going into the playoffs. Um,
0: One other move that was made uh, by the Milwaukee Bucks was that of Robin Lopez being traded to the Sacramento Kings uh, along with cash, and the Bucks didn't get anything in return. Yeah. That speaks volumes. So (laughs) Danny, you know my position with Robin Lopez. Yes. I don't know why we got him back is probably because his brother Brooke negotiated that into his uh re with the Bucks. But I'm glad that Robin is gone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yes, it has freed up uh a roster spot. I'm curious as to what's gonna happen with that roster spot if the Bucks decide to uh maybe um pull somebody from the G League or something like that or from the herb, but I'm glad Robin is gone. Uh, and now, Danny, on to some Formula One news where the news of the week, news of the year already before the season starts is that this is going to be the last year that Sir Lewis Hamilton actually races for Mercedes. The seven-time world champion, the 103 career win <laughs> champion, he is moving on to Ferrari, and this is a huge, huge move. Uh, and I believe the changes that weren't made to the car uh, last year and the going back and forth, uh, you saw it in the media. You saw his comments in the media about changing up the cars and things of that nature. I believe one of the lead engineers moved on to Ferrari uh, Sir Lewis Hamilton is going with them uh, mm-hmm. that the engineer um, recommended changes to the Mercedes car. Mercedes decided not to go go ahead and make those changes. So I, I don't know what's going on, but nonetheless, what I do know is Sir Lewis Hamilton is going to be a Ferrari uh, race car driver. What say you, Danny,
1: about this news? I'm glad he did it, man, because he's been toiling ever since the race, we know we're talking about here uh, with Verstappen yeah. and, and the controversy mm-hmm. and everything. But there hasn't been any, every race Mercedes was getting dusted by Red Bull and Ferrari. It just made sense. I think it's a great move by him. Uh, mm-hmm. One, he, he going to get paid he, big time uh, by Ferrari, but it's more of a thing where he gets an opportunity to actually compete. Because you, you see Leclerc always up in that top three and his voice you know mercedes wasn't listening basically what basically what you said and we're listening to him and the results were shown on the on the track so now he gets a fresh opportunity he finishes with mercedes this year like you mentioned and 2025 man see him in that red because i was tired last year of seeing the same results yeah yeah Every time we're, it was Verstappen, <laughs> it was just Red Bull and Ferrari. Yep. Just dusting everybody. So now he gets an opportunity to actually compete. And wouldn't it be something this year to actually Mercedes make some changes? <laughs> I don't expect too much. And mm-hmm. we'll see mm-hmm. what he can do in his last year with him. But congratulations to him.
0: Well, I'm going to say this, though, too, Danny, Danny with regards to Ferrari, my hope is that Ferrari from a pitch strategy standpoint, gets it together. Mm-hmm. Last year and the year before, have, they have been absolutely terrible you ain't lying. in their pit strategy. And so my hope is that they go through strategy talks before the race. And they have a successful season strategically because the strategy, I mean, it has been absolutely horrid. And so my hope is that Sir Lewis Hamilton brings along that championship experience and mindset uh, to Ferrari to really kind of help them with that strategy. So
1: Mm -hmm.
0: uh, we'll see. Uh, And then we have a big game on Sunday. Big game, Super Bowl, Kansas City Chiefs against the San Francisco 49ers. Who you got? Jason,
1: I have have a bad feeling about this game because you know my disdain for Kyle Shanahan. (laughs) And everybody is picking the Chiefs, man. I'm like, come on now, y'all. I'm going with the Chiefs. It's just because I can't cheer for the 49ers in this scenario. Like I said, I have a bad feeling about this, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs and I feel the Chiefs defense, if they can get to Brock Purdy and rattle him, that's going to be the key to winning this game. If they let Brock Purdy have time and pick them apart and let, you know, McCaffrey do his thing, it could be a blowout, uh, honestly. So I think defense has to step up for Kansas City in this case Mm and, those ancillary players from Kansas City need to make some plays. So let Rishi Rice and Kelsey do their thing, but need like an MVS or uh, someone like that to step up and make a play. So I'm going to go with Chiefs, man. How about you? Can the Kansas City defense hold up? Can they get a pass
0: rush? Keep in mind uh, the defensive lineman, Charles uh, Amonahu, uh, towards ACL in the AOC championship game. And so uh, can there be pressure put on uh, Birdie here in in this game? That's, those two things are what, what I'm going to be looking for. Uh, along with that, I know you hate, you're going to hate to hear this, Danny, but the 49ers got some offensive weapons. Oh, I know. That's a problem. <laughs> and I just think that it's gonna be hard for Kansas City, I believe, if they don't get a pass rush up front. I think it's gonna be hard for Kansas City to actually cover everybody. Mm-hmm. I think Killis is going to do what he does. And this is gonna be a very interesting game of the tight ends. This is a hard this is gonna be a hard one, man. Um I was I'm actually leaning a little bit towards the 49ers on this one uh because of those offensive weapons but I, I'm just curious about this pass rush yep
1: um
0: at the same token man it is hard to go against my homes. I've done, I've done it before and got scorched <laughs> I do believe though this is going to be uh a a high scoring game I think it's going to be one of those high 20 games maybe low 30 games for on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I think it's only going to be won by a field goal. I think it's going to be that close. Um, oh, this is our one, man. I'm leaning towards the 49ers on this one to get a little get back revenge from uh, previous Super Bowl. Man, this is going to be a good game. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a great halftime show as well. Yeah, and well, now then oh. on to a trading card scenario. Who we got?
1: Jason, tonight's train card scenario is Tyrese Maxey's 2020 Panini Prism Rookie Card for Trey Young's 2018 Panini Prism Rookie Card. A couple quick bios. Tyrese Maxey was the 21st overall pick by the Philadelphia 76ers out of Kentucky. And Trey Young was the fifth overall pick by the Dallas Mavericks in the 2018 draft out of Oklahoma and was ultimately traded for Luka Doncic. So... Tyrese Maxey, one-time all-star, career averages 17.4 points, 2.8 rebounds, four assists a game. Trey Young averages 25.7 points, 3.6 rebounds, and 9.6 assists per game in his career. Jason, who do you want in your portfolio?
0: Danny, hey, this is an interesting one, man. Um, Trey Young doesn't play any defense. I mean, he was highly touted coming into NBA, for his offense, for a three point be similar to Steph Curry, but at least Steph Curry tries on defense. Trey Young did get to the uh, conference finals against Milwaukee Bucks, and the Bucks went ahead and did what they had to do. Can't, can't forget Trey Young actually uh, going up against the Knicks in that playoff run and doing what he did. Maxie, man, is a, just a nice player, man. He plays both sides of the ball, speedy guy. And I think. Honestly, the Sixers are going to make a, a significant run here uh, this particular season. They're going to have to, because I don't think Embiid's body is going to be able to hold up in the next couple of seasons.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm taking uh, Maxie, Danny. I'm taking Tyrese Maxie on this one uh, because I, I like the effort on both sides. He's young and he wants it. He's hungry. And he didn't uh, push out two coaches. Like Trey Young. And if you get traded for a player, Danny, this is my last comment. If you get traded for a player in the draft and that said player comes into your house and puts up what 70 70 on you? Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't take that card, man. I can't take that card. What do you
1: got? Max is an up and coming player. He's really breaking out this year. I think with James Harden last year, it kind of held him back a little bit. But now he's able to kind of open his game up and take over. And now Embiid being out, he actually is being leaned upon a lot. And I look at him, and he's not—he's still not known yet. He's—you know—he's—we know him because we, you know, we follow hoop. But he's not like a nationally known player. And then you look at Trey Young, who's had flashes. He's had great moments, bad moments. Like you said, he does not play defense. And I think part of the problem with Atlanta is I think Trey Young needs a new environment. I think he needs to be traded and Atlanta needs to start over. Uh, It's tough because the boy can shoot and he averages almost a double double a game with points and assists. I think from a player perspective, I think hands down, I think Maxie, the way Maxie's playing right now, I would take Maxie as the player. But from a card perspective, I'm still going to hang on to Trey Young's card.
0: I got to ask you this, though, Danny. I got to ask you this. Do you think he's going to win a championship first?
1: Oh, I I would say Maxi over Trey Young, unless Trey Young gets moved to an environment where he's not the focal point and he can kind of play off somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I thought that was this year. With you know bringing Dejounte Murray over there, but they're still not getting it together. But the card, Trey Young's a better known person from a player's perspective. He's been around longer. I think over time, Maxi can take him over. Like you said, once uh, if they do some do some damage in the playoffs, at least this year. So I'm going Trey Young's card, but Maxi as the player.
0: Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backportpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us and remember that there's enough hate in the world, so go ahead and spread a little love.